Hello and welcome back to the Jessica Pinelli podcast. I'm Jess, your host and your favorite female empowerment coach. This is a safe space to speak about all things on mindset, relationships, business, sex, money, and life experiences. Get comfortable, get ready, and let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Jessica Pinelli podcast. I am very excited for today's podcast interview. I have a very special guest, Coach Fawn. She specializes in breath work and I was just telling her this is the first time that I've had someone on the podcast that does specialize in that. I know you guys are going to love it. I know I'm going to love it. But before we get into it, I would love for her to introduce herself, where she started, what she does. So welcome to the podcast, Siobhan. Thank you. I feel privileged that I'm your first <laughs> breathwork human on the show. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, so my name's Siobhan Lou, and you guys might hear an accent. So I'm originally from Scotland, um, but I've been living in Australia for 13 years now. So I was originally in Melbourne, did some traveling around Bali, some traveling around Europe, and now we've just moved to Gold Coast. Um, so I have a community of breathwork people online. So I like to do um, mainly online because I just feel like I want to reach as many people as possible with this modality. Um, and I, you know, we were just saying I discovered it in Bali as well. So I was working in Bali as a sports coach. That was kind of my career before um, I stepped into the mental health world and the healing world. And yes, I've been doing breath work now for just over four years. Was it the session in Bali that you felt a call to want to go deeper into this or was it something else? Yeah, it actually was. It's, it's funny you said that because when I did my very first session, um, at the very end of the session, I had this real overwhelming knowing um, and it was like a really strong message to say, you need to take this modality back to Melbourne and share it with mm -hmm. everyone in Melbourne. But our plan at the time was actually to live in Bali. I had no plans to come back. I wasn't going to. I was like, okay, but I'm not sure how that's going to happen because I work as a sports coach. I'm not going to be teaching this. I'm not going to be doing this. And yeah, I ended up actually coming back from Bali and back to Australia. Um, and then as soon as I landed, I was like, right, how can I share this with as many people as I know? Isn't so, it yeah. so amazing to have that feeling because, and like mm. I said, before I started recording and everyone who has listened to my podcast for a while knows that I lived in Bali for a period of time in 2019 and that's where I started my business and it was kind of wow. like I got there and I had this like spark you know you're around nomadic people you're yes. around people that are very creative and think outside the box and that like being dropped into that I was like this feeling that I've had for a couple of years because previously I was a personal trainer so wow. very, very similar parts. Yeah, very similar, <laughs> very similar paths. So you speak it, I'm like, oh my goodness. Well, like wow. almost the, the same path and got dropped into that. And I always knew, which what I want to ask you is, I kind of always knew when I was doing the personal training, I loved it, but I yes. felt there was something so much bigger for me than that. Did you have yes. that feeling? 
hundred percent. And it's funny because when I was in, like I worked as a kind of sports coach for about 15 years. Like I was in that industry for such a long time. And my friends kept saying, oh, you should do your own business in terms of like in the industry, you should try this, try that. And I just was never motivated to step into that. And then as soon as I find breathwork, I'm like, how can I share this? What can I do? I want to do my own business. Like it was really um, uplifting. And I'm like, this is me. Mm. Um, And being in fitness, I always noticed as well, it's always a mind over like matter. So I'm like, okay, I feel like you need to have a, a good mindset before you step into the physical, you know, like the mind's first and the body's second. So I just always had this thing of, okay, but I don't know where to go with it. And mm. I never did until I found breathwork. Yeah. You are speaking my language. <laughs> I feel like I have always to some degree, like from the age of 16, been into some form of personal development. But I feel like yes. as I progressed through being a personal trainer in the last couple of years, I shared, I became more open with my clients. And I, I agree, like the, the mind first and then the body second. And I would share these things or things I'd learn about, you know, um, manifestation or books mm. I was reading, which I want to get into with you today as well. And yeah. I every time I spoke, I was like, yeah, I love the physical session with you. That was amazing. But the session after like it would almost I'd have to block out time because I knew yes. I would go on a tangent to my clients before my next one I couldn't even do back to back anymore because I was like this is exciting to me I don't even think this is a waste of time or I gotta smash out my clients I'm like I want to sit and have this conversation and I found myself like sharing journal prompts I was doing or books and I'd be like listen yes. to this do this and my clients were like this is amazing and I was like I because back then this was like four, five years ago, uh, yeah. closer to five years ago, what we do online wasn't really a thing. It no. wasn't like start a business, be an online coach of some sort. And no. so I guess I knew that I wanted to do something bigger and you probably felt this as well, but I was also mm-hmm. like, what is something bigger? Yeah. And I think it's amazing. And and I love that we have these similar paths. Mm-hmm. And I guess in saying that, when you move back to Melbourne, mm. what really made you jump into it and did you have any fear around that the change of doing something different or what was the process for you it was just so fast like I said um with breathwork it was like that real strong message um and when I got back I was just frantically being like how can I share this with everyone and the way I started sharing it was actually with my fitness clients Mm. like I was like let's just try it with them and I was just like this is me like I love this I'm obsessed with it I want everyone to know they can use their Mm. breath to heal themselves um so as soon as I got back to Melbourne I actually started reaching out to this is really funny I talked about this the other day I started reaching out to yoga studios and I was like can I do breath work can I do breath work and because it was four or five years ago they were like no we don't want breath work in our studio we don't offer that people don't know what it is and now it's everywhere you know everyone's talking about it everyone's doing it there's different forms different styles and It was such a blessing in disguise that they said no, because it actually forced me Mm. to find my own studio. So I find my own place. It was actually called the Breathwork Shed and it was a shed. It was like a mini warehouse. Mm. And I started inviting my clients into this little place that I had. um, And then I just started doing it from there. 
And then COVID happened, which was actually another blessing because I was like, I don't want to do this work online. I like being in person. That's what I'm used to doing. Um, Like I didn't do PTs online or programs online. It was all in person. So shifting from being in like this shed into online. And then as soon as I started online, I'm like, why didn't I do this earlier? Because I was reaching people from Scotland, like from Mm. my hometown. I was reaching people from different parts of Australia, different parts of Europe. And I'm like, this is how I get my message mm. to everyone. Um, so then I stuck with it online um, and I sadly had to give up the shed because of COVID. And then when I moved online, I started hosting events locally and that's just mm. how, it, and then it just started moving. So I was like, this is great. And then I love doing it online and meeting so many different people. Um, it was all just, you know, when I look back, I'm like, it was just so meant to be. But at mm. the time I'm like, I don't want to like give up my shed and I don't want to do it online. And now mm. I'm like, this is perfect. You're like, this is the best. And that's one of the reasons why I also loved building this business and still do love building this business online because you can reach so many different people. Yeah. And and I think it's so amazing. And like a lot of my client base is actually Americans. And I'm like, if I wasn't online, you know, like Mm. I wouldn't find them. And so I think it's so powerful. I um, I just want to touch back to when you had this transition of the shed in COVID and and being in this resistance of, okay, I don't think I really want to do that. I guess, how did you embrace, it's a fear of change, I guess. How did you embrace that? And how did you step into that? Um, I think for me with change, I can just like, I'm quite adaptable. So I'm like, Mm. if this is what I've got to do, I've just got to do it. And my bigger mission was to serve my clients. So I'm like, well, what did they need? It was like, I need to be able to help them. So if online's the only option, I'm just going to suck it up and do it. Mm. Um, And, you know, I had to just, I threw myself into the deep end because then I was forced to work it out. You know, it was like doing the Zoom and Breathwork's all done to music. So I was figuring out music and microphones and, you know, Zoom connections, what happens when it cuts, like all these little things. Mm. Um, I just think I had to throw myself into it to do it. So because they were, you know, clients were already booking in and, and I couldn't be like, no, I'm scared. I don't want to mm. do this online. And I'm not sure by me not being there and in person and helping you, how's this going to affect you? And people just loved it. Like, yeah, you know, it's that whole thing of, again, thinking this might not work or you you think of the worst case scenario when you get into it. And in reality, it's like, this is fine. Mm. Like you roll with it and it works out great. That's yeah. always the case, I think, is you you really do have to roll with it. And you can think of yeah. the worst case scenario, but it's also like, what's the best case scenario? What could happen in this? And yeah. I think even when I, because I moved back from Bali, I was living in Perth and I moved back to Perth as the pandemic hit. And I, I was really sad because I was like, can't travel, can't live in Bali anymore. I feel like, and I had so much resistance even to continue to build my business. But I always say like hindsight's such a beautiful thing. Cause I look back and I'm like, I feel in that period, it gave me so much space to grow and really define mm. like what I wanted to be in a business as a coach to do what I do, uh, what I want to bring into it. And I feel yeah. that, that may have been prolonged, you know, if I'm traveling and doing other things. So I think for a a lot of people, it's like half and half when I speak to people, half people are like, oh, the pandemic, this and that. And then other people are like, it was a blessing. And I'm like, it was a blessing for me. I got to transition. It sounds like for you as well. Yeah. I always say that. Have you been back to Bali since? 
No, I haven't. And so I actually did kind of two stints there. Like I lived there for two six month periods. And the second time I was living there, that's when I kind of, um, I kind of say that breathwork found me. I was actually in a really, um, in terms of my mental health, I actually suffered from really bad anxiety and depression in that second kind of bout when I was there. Um, and before that, I never knew what anxiety was. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I just thought it was a word that people threw around and like, no, I can't, I'm anxious, you know, and I'm like, whatever, because I just didn't understand it. Um, and then at the time in Bali, I was actually having, and I, I always refer to it as like a million panic attacks a day. It was like panic attack, pan- like it was just one after the other, which then turned into depression. And I didn't really know what was happening, what I was going through. And I always say to people, you know, I was in Bali on paper. I was living like the ideal life. Like I was in a villa, we had a maid mm. Um, I was work, I was managing a gym in Bali. Like me and my partner were, I was in an amazing relationship. So on paper, it's like, oh, but you're living in Bali. You should mm. be living your best life. Um, But what was happening was I didn't really have a purpose. Like in the space I was working in, I was being micromanaged. I'd moved from a position I was in to a kind of lower position. Um, and I, there was just nothing. And the fact that we had like a maid, you know, I wasn't able to clean the villa. I wasn't mm. able to do my own thing. You know, I was just very much stuck, which led to the anxiety because I had mm. no purpose. So when I did that very first breathwork session, me and my partner just kind of were like, we'll just try it. We'll just jump into it. Cause we actually invited someone to come into our gym and just do a session for our mm. members. So we weren't even going to do the session. So when we did one session, um, I went into it. And as, as soon as I did that first session, I've touched wood, never had a panic attack since mm. then. So that first session just wiped my depression, my anxiety. And that's what I think led me to being like, how do people not know about mm. this? So because I ended Bali on the kind of being anxious and mm. and feeling depressed, I've actually not been back there. So I was just like, you know what? I've done two six month periods there. The first time I did it, it was really Bali. Like it was all, everyone was from Bali mm. and it was Bali everywhere. And then the second time I'm like, I feel like I'm in Melbourne. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. When I was there, I was like, it's just full of Westerners. <laughs> Yeah. So I just think now that I've done kind of that period of time there, I'm like, if I was to travel somewhere, it would probably be somewhere different. Mm. And I just think from what I hear, it's just more and more. It's just like you're in Australia now, you know, 100%. I went back um, for the first time post pandemic last year for three months, but it was really to see all my friends I had made from all over the world. And it was amazing. But I kind of felt like two months in, I was like, I feel like I'm kind of done my chapter here. Yes. I feel like what I what I've needed to do the 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 place why I went there and everything yep. and the people I've met who are now lifelong friends which is amazing but mm. yeah I got there and it, yeah it got to about two months and I was like yeah I think I think I'm done here I think I'm done here and I was almost scared to go because I was like what if again I want to stay prolonged and like because I was living yep. in Perth and now I live in Brisbane with my partner I was like we want to move to Brisbane and I was like what if I like wanted to stay there instead so I, I think I had this initial fear but yeah same with you I, it, it kind of felt like that chapter was like closed and done um yep which is something I want to circle back to that you mentioned of not feeling like you had a purpose or Mm -hmm. this feeling. And I think that this is such a familiar feeling to so many people. And I think that even though I did love being a PT, even though I had like 
the worlds collide. I was in that for such a long time before Mm. Bali, before really understanding this online space. And so I completely resonate. And I felt there were moments like when you're saying, you know, you had the anxiety and depression, there were moments I was a gym manager for a bit and I'd ring my dad. I'd never, even in my casual hospo jobs when I was in uni, I would never ever call in sick. And I was a gym manager calling my dad saying, dad, what can I use to say I'm sick? How can I get out of work? And I just, I think you like, you know, especially when you become very in tune with yourself, it's like, you know, something is off, you know? And like my life at that point was like, I had a really good apartment. I had good relationships and friendships. I was making like good money for my lifestyle. And it seemed, like you said, like pen on paper, it seemed really, really good. And you look at it and it's like, what's, what's wrong? But I resonate because I felt that deep, I guess it's a bit of a void. I felt that void yeah. where I was like, what is this it? So yeah. in saying that, what deeper did that feel for you? And what are the some of the things that ran through your head? And more for like anyone listening who's probably hearing this and thinking, I'm there, I'm there. I, I don't know my purpose and I don't even know where to start. Yeah, it's something, and I think for me, it was something that kind of creeped up on me. And I felt like we were saying, you know, it looks like on paper, you have this ideal life. So I kept punishing myself saying, no, I should be grateful. And I should be making the most of Bali. And I should, 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 you know, but my body was freaking out being like, Mm. we hate this. You don't like it. And I felt guilty for thinking, like, should I leave this situation and this amazing opportunity just to go back to Melbourne you know it was it was very much it was a guilt feeling and then when I finally did it was that breathwork session that basically saved me and that's when I got these really amazing like realizations through me and I think when I did that first session I was like oh my I'm like I'm not panicking I'm not having anxiety I'm not having depression and I was looking for it I'm like where have you gone like I'm used to living with you solidly for the past couple of months and you've just gone so I did a second breathwork session and when I did the second one that's when I got this really strong message was like you have to leave Bali so when I came out of the session um I said to my partner Tom we've got to go like I've got to get out of here and that's what we did we just quit the job um I actually got a ticket back to Scotland to go back home because I felt like I just needed to be like with my mom at home just to like ground and and reset myself before we um went back to Melbourne so that's what Mm. we did but it was just um yeah the feelings I think um you know, there were just something I just had to sit with and just be like, what is going on? Like I couldn't push, there was nowhere to run or hide. Like I had to just sit with it and trust that, um, your intuition, you know, before that I was probably listening to the outside world, what I should do and listening to friends and family and what everyone else thinks should be the best thing to do. But intuitively it was like, okay, I'm going to listen to what the breath work showing me and see what happens. And I'm so happy I did that because with that, it's got, it got me out of the depression. It got me out of Bali. It got me to finding a purpose of helping other people now with anxiety and depression, you know? So it was just, um, yeah, it was just really listening to myself and really honoring those little hits that you're like, is that me? Like, um, am I listening to myself? You know, I, th- I think that's huge. Sorry. What were you saying? 
And I was just going to say, when you start doing that, that gets stronger. And mm. then you really lean into it. You're like, no, nope, yeah. my body's like, yes or no. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a huge thing. And I've really over the past couple of years been practicing being in tune and having a relationship with my intuition, because you're right. What you said is so many people listen to the external of what's yeah. right, what to do, where I should go. And there's not enough listening to what's actually happening in your heart space, what your body is quite literally physically showing you and telling yeah. you. And I think that, you know, we're a society conditioned to kind of betray our own our own intuition and betray what's coming up for us. And I guess what I want to ask in that, what are some tips you can share with people to be able to tune into that or, you know, start to define, okay, is this my ego? Is this my intuition? What do I really think? Yeah, I think the thing, obviously, I'm the thing that led me to tapping into that or listening to that was breath work. And that builds that really strong intuition. Like you can really lean into it. So I think for me having a daily practice, so whether it's meditation, breath work, journaling, you know, you find what works for you. And then you just sit with that each day to be like, okay, can I really lean in and listen? And like you said before, your body will show you. So if you're feeling anxious, something's going on, something's not aligning with you. Um, And if you just don't feel right, if you just don't feel 100%, there's something there that's saying, you know, like pull yourself back and be like, okay, is this something I want to do? Do I need to do it? Am I doing it out of guilt? Um, So I think just finding a daily practice where you can tune in and listen and then building the strength of that. Soon enough, you're going to be like, no, this is not for me. Yep, I can do this. This is my intuition. And just really honoring it as well. You know, some people think, oh, that sounds silly or that sounds a bit woo-woo. But at the end of the day, if it's going to make you happy, that's the main thing. You know, a hundred percent. And for everyone listening that I I feel like everyone, especially in the whoever's in personal development knows breath work or knows about it. But for anyone that's listening, that's like, okay, I've heard of it. I'm a little bit skeptical or I have no understanding. Like, is it scary? What do you do? Give a rundown of what it looks like for someone who has no idea or what to expect. Yeah. So with, when I always talk about breathwork, I talk about this style because like I said, five years ago, people didn't even know what it was. And nowadays there's like millions of different styles and techniques and instructors and, and, and things going on. So when I talk about it, I always talk about this style because I'm actually not familiar with any other style. I'm like, I found one that works for me. I stick with it. I don't even look at any other style because it's just, this is what works for me. So the, the full name of this one is breathwork meditation healing. It's a really nourishing style of breathwork. So I always say to people, it's there to serve you. It's on your side. It never gives you anything that you're not ready for. So if you're going to step into a session, you're not going to come out being like what the hell just happened why did this come up it's very much like annoying like oh I get it why I felt this or I saw this um it's it's a very deep slow breath as you're moving through the pattern you're not forcing you're not hyperventilating and you're just letting your breath flow through your body like a wave like it's a really nourishing healing modality so I think when people step into it it's just nice to know that oh I'm just going to go in here and it's going to really show me what I need I'm not going to step into anything I'm not ready to see or to feel. Um, and with this breath as well, I always say to people, you have a choice. Like if you come into it and you say, no, this is really not for me. You just stop. You don't have to keep going. You know, you're you're very much in choice of it. Um, and, and as a guide, I'm guiding people through it. So I always like to remind people like this is 
your session, your breath, like be really selfish about it. So if I'm guiding you into like one of the themes that I host and the theme doesn't resonate at the time when you step into it, just bring it back to your body and your breath. Like you don't have to listen to what I'm saying. Same as the music, you know, it's all very, it's a choice, you know? Um, And I think there's other breathwork styles out there that serve purposes for different things. Like some are really fast and forceful, but they give you energy. Um, Some you're sitting up, this one you're lying down. So you're really lying down, feeling supported and grounded. Um, So I just think they all have their own purpose. And at the end of the day, it's your breath and you're in control. So in terms of being nervous about it, as humans, we're nervous when we do something new anyway. So it's just going to be that initial, oh, I'm doing something new. This is a new voice, new music. And then eventually you start to just be like, oh, I'm fine. Mm. Like it's my body. It's my breath. It's it's helping me. Um, so I think like anything, you're just going to get that that initial nerves. And then when you get into it, most people actually say to me when they've done their very first session, they're like, oh, I wish I went deeper or I wish I surrendered a bit more every single time. So I always like to remind beginners when they come to my classes, look, this is like the biggest regret of people of just not being like, just let go, you know. Have you ever had anyone since doing this that has struggled to let go or felt like they didn't get much or they had too much blockage, mental blockage, energetic blockage, so they couldn't really flow into it? Yeah, because there's the the breath is actually moving through the energy systems in the body. Mm. So there's definitely going to be people that get blockages, um, especially in the first session. The mind is really active because your brain's trying to protect you being like, don't change your breath. Like, what are you doing? Where are we? What's the space? What's happening to my body? And the goal of the breathwork pattern is to quiet in the mind so the body can start communicating with you. So there's definitely people that come in, especially in the first session and the mind is just very loud Mm -hmm. um we practice a lot of kind of trying to open the throat space as well like using our voice um speaking our truth and some people find that quite hard in the session as well because it's something they're just not used to doing Mm -hmm. so a lot of people have blockages around their throat space as well so I'd say they're probably the main ones and then obviously working into the heart space if there's been heartbreak or heart healing um I do a lot of inner child work as well Mm -hmm. in my sessions so inner child healing so there's yeah there's there's common ones um but I say most people in the first first maybe couple sessions just have a really active mind But when they start to step into more breath work and they get used to it, that's when they're like, wow, this is, you know, amazing. Or I'm really entering this epic space. For anyone listening and they're, they're like, okay, this is resonating with me, but I'm not quite sure because I've never really tapped in or been mindful of our breath, my breath, which a lot of people aren't mindful of their breath. What are some tips or things that people can start to do to be a lot more conscious of connecting their mind body and soul with their breath yeah I think um like I always say to people to to automatically calm down just taking three Mm. deep belly breaths is just going to calm you down um extending your exhale is going to calm you down as well so I try and encourage my clients to find something to focus on so see if you're in a car and it's like a red traffic light perfect time to like put one hand on your belly and just breathe mm-hmm. you know or finding a color and when you see that color it's like oh breathe just to get yourself into that habit of checking in with your own breath mm-hmm. um 
And the more you start to do that, the more you start to become conscious of how you're breathing and how your posture is. Um, And doing that will start to actually create space in your body so you can breathe deeper. So it's just Mm. like those tiny little things make the biggest difference. I really like that color one. I think I'm going to try that. I think that's really good. Choose a color and then be more conscious of your breath. Um, On top of that, I think that a lot of people maybe might know or have an understanding of the emotions that might come up but physically Mm. and what I find with the work that I do too is a lot of and I think we've also been conditioned not to listen to what's really happening physically because our emotions are tapped into our physical body and it's it's representing that so what are some common things that you have seen with your clients the people that you work with of physical symptoms that people are kind of like, oh, this is how I've always felt or like, yeah, it's just a bit of pain. And it's like, no, that's, that's something bigger. Yeah. Uh, there's so many, but I'll use myself as an example. So when we did in, in terms of breath work, there's kind of like the science side of it. So the science side is where, you know, your body will react to the way your breath is moving. And then there's the spiritual side, but I'm way more to the spiritual side of it. And that's what I lean into when I'm guiding my sessions and, and people know that. So when I did my first breathwork session myself, when I stepped into it, I had my hands and were clawing up. So they started to claw. And then I saw your post on this. I found it very interesting because that happened in, I think it was like a third breathwork session for me when I was in Bali. Yeah. So I I love that. Sorry to interrupt, but I had to say that because I was like, I saw your post and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So this is like the common one. So obviously, like I said, there is the science side of it, but the spiritual side of it is you know, so my hands were clawing up and then they started to turn and then my arms would come into my body. Um, So as they were doing that, you know, I was really trying to tune into my body being like, what's going on? Why is it doing this? Will I be stuck here forever? And I just had this thought of like, what can I let go of? And I just kept trying to inquire and listen, but they were solid. Um, And then when I did my training for breath work, I found out that the arms and the hands are an extension of the heart space. So if your heart space needs healing, it's going to show up in your body through your arms and your hands. When I was a coach, I used to have a really, really bad forearm injury. I saw specialists, I couldn't do pull-ups, I couldn't hold a barbell, they would swell. And everyone used to be fascinated by my like massive forearms, like they would just swell. So I had this injury um, for years, just couldn't get rid of it. Then when I started doing breath work and I found out that they're an extension of the heart space, I was like, wow, that makes so much sense. Cause I went through so much heartbreak, so much heartache, like long-term relationship partners were cheating on me. They were mm. lying to me. And I obviously held all this in my body. So when I found that out, I started to integrate the session and I was like, okay, so I really started listening to my heart space. Like, what did it need? Was there energy that needed moving? And as I started to listen in to my breath and my body, my arms and my hands, the more I did breath work, would just start to float. Like they would just start to open and um, be really light and just move themselves. And then as I did that and tying it in with doing training or fitness, I had no injury. Like it was just Mm. poof, gone, Mm. you know? And I was like, 
I have seen like top specialists in Melbourne to try and get this forearm injury, chiropractors, physios, massage. And I would just keep going because my job was fitness. And I was like, mm-hmm. I have to be get this fixed. And then it was probably, I'd say five to 10. There was a lot of shit in there in my heart space, mm-hmm. but five to 10 sessions of breath work. And I had no forearm injury. And I was like, no one else could Amazing. tell me that, that your mm. breath can move that energy around your heart space for me to not be injured. You know, I'm like, why do people mm. not know about this? And then I yeah. got more into it being like, okay, people with injuries. So now um, I have people that come to breath work specifically for injuries mm. to move the injury. And I actually had an elderly lady um come to one of my classes in Melbourne in person and she just tried it was a one-off session I'm sure she was in her 60s or 70s and she'd had a bad back um since she was a teenager so she couldn't like move a certain way um upstairs downstairs was just like really painful for her and she did the session she was really quiet didn't say much and then at the end of the session she was like crying saying I can't believe I can move my back I've not been able to move my back since I was like a teenager yeah so she was just shifted all this stuck energy around her spine during one breathwork session and she kept in touch with me to be like it's still fine it's still okay um and now she does breathwork regularly because she knows the power of shifting that energy around her Mm. back and that's her focus so this is what I find beautiful about it some people like I'm injured I want to shift the energy around my injury that's my focus whereas other people come with I've got really bad anxiety Mm. and you know I want to work on my self-love I want to heal my inner child like there's so many things that you can work on in one session that it's Mm. just such a beautiful practice to be like okay I'm gonna step in and this is what I want to this is my intention for the session today I love that and it's something Mm. I resonate with deeply I'm not sure if you've seen much work of Louise Hayes and she yes yes, she has like a full web page that's like if you have this physical symptom this is what it means emotionally that is like one of the first things I send to all my clients and then (laughs) anything all of the time and I'm like I don't care if right now you're reading this you're like no this doesn't apply and I'm like it does apply and surely we go along in our container and something comes up and I'm like oh remember a few weeks ago when I gave you that well look at that and I think that we and what I've noticed with the clients I've worked with if they don't have this understanding or maybe they've been a little bit skeptical it's almost like they don't want to believe that they're physically feeling something that's so deep emotionally and I remember when I was in Bali and I would always like have a sore hip sore hip flexor from started midway of being a PT and the same thing. Like I would see a physio and all this and nothing fixed it. And then I remember I was not only doing breath work, but also yin yoga. And I remember after a couple of weeks of doing all of this, one yin yoga session, and I think it was two days after breath work, I was in a position and it was opening up your hips and I just started crying. And like I was friends with the yoga (laughs) teacher and I was right next to the front and I look up and she's like, are you crying? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, good, let it out, let it out. Yes. And from that moment, my hip hasn't hurt from that wow. moment and I always share that with people and I'm like and I know it was because I was so stuck in my ways with certain things and I was so scared to move forward and mm. like releasing that and I think like that was a big thing and even though I'd done research I'm like oh no but like I'm pushing forward in life or I'm doing things but it's like I'm not really taking the time to process this and this is what I think that sometimes say with my clients too is like not really wanting 
to process what's actually coming up emotionally. And it can be scary. It can feel icky and uncomfortable in your body. But I really, and you obviously see this a lot, is like it's the key. Like you have to allow it to process and run through your body. Yeah, 100%. Or it starts to show up as injuries or disease or, you know, sickness. And it'll just you know, it'll start getting bigger and louder and, you know, it'll be in your face until you fix it. And that's what happened with my panic attacks. They were getting closer and closer together, bigger and bigger and bigger, longer and longer. And I'm like, oh, like, what is it? You know, what am I not doing? And it was just like in front of my face and I couldn't see it because I was focusing so much on the anxiety and the panic attacks rather than being like, okay, I need to step outside of this and look at the bigger picture and be like, Mm really honor myself because they're just getting worse and luckily luckily that breathwork session was just like this is what you need to do (laughs) Mm, perfect divine timing and that's what I think it is it's about like looking bigger and I think when we have a physical injury or something that physically comes up we want to you know get something quick to fix it or feel like you know if we get these antibiotics or if I you know go to the chiropractor or whatever it may be not saying that these things obviously don't work but I definitely believe that it's a mask it's a mask for what's happening deeper inside of you in your body and I think that people are resistant because it's like if I actually go into that, I have to feel those emotions and I have to actually face all of that. But I love this piece. I know that there's going to be so many listeners that I speak to that are going to resonate with this. A lot of mine, I will just say this, a lot of my clients and some of my listeners that I know suffer with uh, endo. And so I feel, yeah. Have you ever worked with anyone who suffers with endo? Well, it's so funny. I've actually got this book right next to me because my partner (laughs) bought it for me. I'm not sure. It says how to endo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's something, um, it's not something I've been um, prescribed with or, you know, told I have, but I think it was when I first arrived in Queensland. So in January, I actually ended up in emergency because of my period pains. Mm -hmm. And I went in, got all these tests done and they were like, no, you're really healthy. Sent me home. And it's the first time I've ever been in an ambulance. First time I've been in emergency, but I, I passed out from the pain. Like I was it was so bad. I was projectile vomiting and I was just, yeah, it was all sorts. But the way mine came about was, um, I actually had to like, I think most of us did had to get the the jab to be working and, you know, and what actually came up in my session was all about the rage and the anger of getting something I didn't want to get. And I actually held that in my ovaries and in that yep. space because I was so angry that I didn't want to get it done but I felt like I had to to serve my clients I was mm. like I'm just gonna do it but I didn't want to get it done so I've actually been working through to try and get rid of that rage and anger and resentment um and I've been working with a kinesiologist as well to help me with that too um and I'm actually about to get my bloods done so I, I've kind of what I've done with it is got like a whole team of people to help it because I'm like I do not want to end up back in emergency um so with um you know the first inhale and breath work is into the womb space and it's Mm. into our emotions it's into our creativity our sexual energy so a lot of people do use breath work to help with period pains whatever Mm. that scale is um and also to do their own womb healing so whatever Mm. that is as well um so yeah it's just it's something that's now being taught 
talked about a lot, which is amazing. Mm. Um, and it definitely does help. So it just depends where you are, you know, because some people with endometriosis can't even breathe into their belly mm. space because it's that sore. Um, so it's about finding, you know, what works for you. Um, but I've definitely found um, kinesiology was amazing. It was the one mm. thing that just, you know, because that's another way of your body communicating with you. Um, so that for me just really nailed it on the head of mm. this is what is happening in your body but that was all emotional this is why yeah. pain got me there yeah yeah it's funny you bring this up because I feel like I so yes I had to get the job because I wanted to travel and it was one yeah. of those things which I resonate because I'm like I was so angry and I feel like you sharing this it's kind of in me if I look back my period pain definitely has gotten worse not to the degree of of you but has definitely gotten worse since the time last year or whenever it was that I got the jab um yeah. start of last year end of last year and I I feel like some moments that I when I do a my own breath work or meditate a lot of my focus is on my heart space or my throat chakra especially like I do so much work with my voice and and I feel like I haven't actually this is probably a good reminder for me haven't actually focused too much on my womb area because it definitely no coincidence since getting that jab holding the anger and the resistance to it that it has definitely the pain's gotten worse on some periods not every periods but it's definitely like a okay this this isn't my body something's different here so something for me to explore so thank you for sharing that experience because that is very very interesting definitely something for me to explore and I think because I hear of experiences like yours and I have a couple of friends with diagnosed endo and I'm like oh well mine's mine's not that bad like and so I think sometimes um I think about it I'm like oh it's not that bad but in hearing what you've shared I'm like hmm it's funny how it started around the same time I got the jab yeah mine's was exactly the same like and because I'm so in tune with my body I always try and take note of where it's at and before it like they weren't fine I mean there was there's always kind of been pain there but Mm. not to the extent of my partner being like calling the hospital saying oh I'm just looking for advice and they were like get her in an ambulance sort of thing Mm. um and then I was in hospital all day getting all the tests but what I found really interesting as well is they actually did like external and internal tests and they said on the internal that my left ovary was a lot higher than my right ovary and when your body kind of goes into that fight or flight everything kind of pulls up and in Mm. which means this left side where the pain was coming from is like really you know in that fight or flight mode where it's like oh yeah I'm really holding on to a lot on that Mm. side of my body um so it's just all interesting how when you really do look at it all it all kind of comes back to that space and the emotions I was feeling around that time was just so much rage and anger that I'm clearly still every time I get my period I'm reminded of it Mm. you know I'm still thinking about it still holding on to it and the pain makes me be like oh I wish I never got it why did I do it for other people you Mm. know so it's just about kind of reframing that of in future I will listen to myself more Mm. and I'll surround myself with like-minded people and Mm. you know so it's all just that reframe of okay forget that move on and how do you now deal with it in the future 100 I think it's always about the reframe and I remember 
when I got it and both of them, I was just very conscious of what I was thinking and, you know, having different affirmations around it and just assuring myself. And and I think like learning, and I guess this can be applied to anything, but it is a good indication to listen to what's coming up and what you really need. And that's a whole other conversation in itself when it comes to (laughs) the the jab and everything else has many things to say about that. But I think like, you know, you look back, it's easy now. It's, I was saying this to my partner, it's easy now to be like, Oh, like, why did I even bother getting it? Like the world is normal. And I think that's where I I get some anger because I'm like, well, I, kind of could have saved my body but you just don't yeah. know back then and it's like well I want to do these things you with your clients me I was like I do want to go travel like how yeah. long is this going on so I think it's also being very forgiving to yourself in these circumstances yes. um but I love that you shared that thank you so much for sharing that I think that will help because yeah I know a lot of listeners and my clients who listen to the podcast do um suffer with really bad period pain or they actually yeah. have been diagnosed with endo so I think that's something to keep in mind I just kind of want to switch gears for a moment because I know one thing that you shared was about manifesting and I love this topic. (laughs) I would would love for you just to speak a little bit about your manifestation journey or things that you do and we can go, go from there. I, yeah. So mine, I feel like mine started just how like everyone else does. Like when I was younger, I read The Secret. (laughs) Yep. 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 One um, of the first PD books I ever read. Like I, I couldn't, I think I read the whole book in one. I'm like, yeah, like it just really pulled me in. I totally resonated with it. And it's at the time I, I didn't tell anyone. I just read the book. I'm like, people are going to think I'm bonkers. Mm, mm. <laughs> I'd say this. Um, so I read the book. I was actually on a train in Scotland. And as soon as I read it, I was like, might as well just test it and see what happens. And literally my whole life was just changing so fast. I was like, wow, this shit works. Mm. Um, and then the movie came out. And then I think that's when I first started like trialing it, just playing a little bit with it. So I manifested coming to Australia and I said, I was just going to take a year out. And then when I got here, that's when I started like writing down like my ideal day and my goals and doing vision boards. And my vision boards was like um, traveling more. It was competing. And and that's when I kind of, I got into like the whole bodybuilding thing mm. um, traveling to Bali Um And yeah, this just, you know, I started doing more and more of it. And then I actually studied um, trauma and manifesting together and Mm -hmm. started, you know, studying the blocks around trying to get your manifestation. But, you know, there there can be some blocks there from childhood, what you've heard, what you've been brought up with, and just kind of started playing about with that because there were certain things I'm like, well, why are they not like coming through when everything else just speed of light happening so I was like okay there's blocks around it um and then started integrating breath work with manifesting because breath work obviously helps you shift or, or move the blocks or, or realize them and then breath work is releasing and receiving so using the receiving part of breath work to really visualize and, and be in that space of feeling your manifestation mm. so what happened as well with our we're traveling at the moment kind of around Queensland we move into our new house in two weeks um and I was actually playing with manifesting coming up this way I was like okay I really want to be in our house by you know early a month early it happened um I really want us to um and I I think the other thing that was on my 
board was um horses I've I've always I've, I used to ride when I was younger and I was like I really just want to have that when we get to Gold Coast mm. so we've booked in for a house sit that we're completing and we met up with them and we're looking after their house and their dog because we kind of do house sitting slash pet sitting and the guy was like to me we started talking about horses and he said oh our neighbor has a horse you'll definitely be able to like ride this horse and I'm like how do these like you know you you just don't know how it's gonna happen but it'll happen so the horse was just I just put it on my vision board for the start of this year and it'll be I think it's in a a couple of weeks when we get our keys to the house we've got that house it then we move in um so we're gonna be doing that and the horse is there so there's just all these little things that I'm like this is just worth diving into you know that is so exciting I love that one thing that I want to ask is in any of the past couple of years have you tried to manifest or be conscious about bringing something into your life and it hasn't happened or you feel like there's so much resistance that you don't know what to do um I probably is but at the same time because I think I've been doing it for so long I always trust that it's going to come at the perfect time so I'm never pushy with it and some things I'll try and explore because I'm like oh that's been hanging around for a while and it's not come yet so I think for me if it doesn't happen yet when I look back on everything that has happened I'm like oh that came at the perfect time Mm. so for me like wanting to get into our new house we've been waiting for the tenant that's in there to leave and it's been like, it was three months. That was our travel time. And I'm like, oh, I just, why won't they move out now? Like, I want it to be the end of the year and mm. I want it to do this. But if she moved out before, I wouldn't have met this person that has mm. a horse and we wouldn't have got to experience different parts of Queensland. Like, there's so many things that I'm like, when I look back, I can't push things. I've got to really trust that the universe will, will put it on my plate when it needs to be put there. Mm. So, there's probably is some things, um, but now exploring and realizing that trauma can get in the way of your vision. It's really good to know. It's like, okay, well, now I can look back and see what were my beliefs and what, how am I acting and behaving and how do I feel when I think about this? So I think there's like mm-hmm. a whole package to it that sometimes we forget or that we don't look into that's like, oh, there's, there is deeper issues when it comes to manifesting as well. So like you can notice some things are quick and easy and fast, whereas mm-hmm. other things are kind of a bit um, gritty. A hundred percent. And I think that's what maybe isn't spoken about enough is that you can do all the visualization, you can do the vision boards, you can do the affirmations. But I think if something is having resistance or you're like, it's it's not happening, even though I do believe everything does happen in perfect divine timing. But I feel yeah. like if something isn't coming in or things are staying the same, it's always a look at like what's happening deeper. Like yes. what am I, I said to my clients as well is you can think all the best thoughts, you can use the best language, have your vision board you look at every day. But if subconsciously, or a second after you start to doubt yourself or something comes up that is trauma or something that is a deep core belief, it is going to yeah. block it, block it straight away. And, mm. and I think that that's one thing I've had to also surrender and learn to over the past few years. It's like, okay, if this, if I'm feeling there's resistance or something's just not working, like what, what am I actually thinking underneath? What's happening under the surface? Yes. But I look back and I was doing this the other day, actually, I saw a memory come up on Facebook book it was like five years ago and I'm like you have quite literally gotten everything that you wanted five years ago but I think sometimes yeah and I but I think sometimes like it's it's hard to 
sometimes it's hard to find gratitude in the sense of you you're living it and then it's like what's yeah. the next thing I can bring in what can yeah. I attract now what's the the money the clients the the items whatever it may be what can I yeah. bring in now and so when I saw that memory and I really sat with it and I was thinking like okay, who, who was I hanging around? Where was I living? What was I doing? What was like my mindset back then? And I'm like, you quite literally everything, maybe it hasn't turned out in the way that you envision, but it's turned Mm. out or not on your timeline. And I think the timeline thing, and maybe you would agree is like the biggest thing you need to surrender to. Cause I think sometimes we think of a manifestation and it's like, I want this now. I want it next week. Like I want this amount of money or I want to get that relationship or job or whoever might be manifesting. I I want it now. And the biggest thing that I've realized is you can put it out there. You can take messy inspired action, but it will happen when it's meant to happen. Yeah, it's so true. And if you look like, if you look back on things and that thing happened there, it probably wouldn't have like fit into your life you know it'll all come in when everything is aligned when you need it when it's going to benefit you when it's going to be of your highest good you know there's so many things that it is that trusting isn't it like you just need to trust and I think humans find that hard because we just want it now you know we want it quicker yeah we want it quicker I think definitely trusting and having faith in the process of of what you're bringing in but I also look back at things that may have been on a vision board or maybe I've journaled about and haven't come into fruition but then I'm like I don't even connect with that anymore or I technically didn't even i didn't even put energy into that. So how is that meant to come into it? And then I realize it's not a value of mine. So I think that's also yeah. important to recognize that sometimes things you don't manifest or attract things because you just fall out of alignment. It's not a value of you. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely been the case for me in some things. I guess the question I have for you that maybe you can share with everyone, if someone's listening to this and they're like, all right, this is all well and good. I'm <laughs> trying to do all of these things, but I have been trying to manifest a new partner or a raise in my job or more clients in my business, or I want to live in a certain apartment, but the money's not coming, the promotion's not coming. Every every person I'm dating is wrong for me. What can you share with them when it comes to specifically manifestation, energy, the actions they take? Um, I think one of the key things that's helped me and my clients is meditation. As much as people don't want to do it, don't want to sit on it, you know, even if you can just find time to do a minute a day just to Mm. clear your energy, create space for your thoughts, you know, um, I think that helps everything. I'm so biased with it, but it's really helped with my manifesting. It's helped me see the blockages, like it will help you see things in a different light. So you don't need to ask someone else, what is this? Or where is this? You know, it's good to have a guide to maybe say, oh, have you tried looking in this place? Or have you tried looking in that place? But I think sitting and getting to know yourself is key when it comes to manifesting. I agree. I agree. I'm biased with that too. I'm big on meditation, do it every single day. I'm big on visualization meditations, like a mind movie of what I'm bringing in and connecting. I think that that really helps because when you're manifesting consciously, you want the feeling to be connected. There needs to be feeling there. Mm. I think a lot of people, when I have conversations, they're like, you know, I'm working hard. I'm doing all the things. I wrote it out of my journal. I'm like, okay, but have you actually felt that it's there? It's, yes. it's you've received it, that it's, yeah. you know, it's it's there. 
And a lot of people are like, well, yeah, you know, I feel gratitude that it's going to come. And I'm like, no, you feel like it's already come. You feel yeah. like it's it's done, it's dusted, and you're doing everything else as a byproduct. And I feel one thing that really helps me is when I do my visualization meditation, it just gets me so excited yes, because I, you connect to it, <laughs> you, you connect to it, and you're like, you see it, and like, I'm such a good visualizer. So I'm like, wow, like this has literally already happened and I think like having that excitement piece as well is important when it comes to manifestation yeah it's so true and there's like there's tiny little things you can do like your brain's in a certain brainwave like first thing in the morning when you Mm -hmm. wake up that's a really ideal to time it last thing at night before you go to bed that's when I tend to do mine like I'll put on some like binaural beats or just something that'll lower my brainwaves and then I'll visualize for like 10 minutes and then I'll Mm -hmm. go to sleep you know and it's just a really beautiful time to practice it yeah, yeah. I do the same morning and night and putting on binaural beats and and all it takes, yeah, five to ten minutes. Yeah. I think that sometimes people get into or have conversations, they're like, you know, I have to spend so much time on meditating and doing this. And I'm like, no. you don't really, but it should also be something that you're so excited to do. So I think manifest manifesting consciously can be yeah. very, very exciting, but it's also something that I have found requires you to be consistent. Yes. And to to always align your energy, always to get into that feeling and to, of course, you know, the age old saying you have to have gratitude for what you have now. And when I saw yeah. that memory from five years ago, I was like, that was a good reminder to have gratitude yeah. for where I currently am. Yeah, um, it's important. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. I could honestly keep talking for another hour, but <laughs> thank know, you so thank much. You. Every time I resonate with someone, I'm like, can we go like another hour or I two? But maybe we all have to do a part two, but I appreciate this so much. And for you sharing all your knowledge, um, where can everyone find you or work with you? Where's the best place to connect with you? Probably um, on Instagram. So it's mm-hmm. just at Siobhan Lou Breathwork. It's, it's Siobhan Lou everywhere. My my website, Siobhan Lou. So I'll leave it in the show it. notes. So that's Thank fine. Thank you. Yeah. So just anything there. Um, yeah. And if anyone wanted to try a breathwork class, I always offer the first class for free. So mm-hmm. you can come and try it. If you don't like it, that's fine as well. So if people are interested to try this style of breathwork, then yeah, I'd love to have you. amazing thank you so much for your time Siobhan I really really enjoyed this I know all my listeners will and I'll put all of Siobhan's detail in the show notes below go give her a follow go check her out and definitely if you haven't done breast work go (laughs) and do it thank you so much thank you